Struggling to Get Pregnant, featuring Natalie Coughlin. And this is episode 150 on Alternative Health Tools, where together we discover alternative health care tools and explore integrative healing philosophies for both individuals and practitioners. Welcome back to another wonderful episode on Alternative Health Tools. I'm Lisa Victoria and I'm your co-host from across the pond in the United Kingdom. And today we're talking about struggling to get pregnant and to find out how you could be living a fertile lifestyle and regain control of your fertility. Today we're joined by the wonderful Natalie Coughlin, who is a nutritionist and fertility expert. So having encountered her own fertility struggles in her mid-30s, Natalie took a deep dive into understanding how her eating and lifestyle could support her desire to start a family. This resulted in two wonderful, healthy children. So Natalie is now helping women trying to conceive to realize their dream of a healthy pregnancy, which is just super fantastic. I can't wait for this episode. It's full of insightful information on alternative ways to live a healthy lifestyle to support with fertility. So our key points today, we're going to be talking about how you can regain control of your fertility by focusing on diet and lifestyle. We're looking at the quality of a woman's egg and the partner's sperm and how these are directly influenced by what we eat. We're going to look at fertility, health and what this depends on. So consistent ovulation cycle, hormones imbalance and healthy egg and sperm. And what influences this? So not just the food, but the stresses, the environment and what how we move. So without further ado, Natalie, this is such a super, super um, episode that we're focusing on here. And I'm so intrigued to see what you've got to say. So welcome to the show. And would you Hi, like to yes, introduce thanks, yourself? Thanks, Lisa, for that wonderful introduction anyway. Um, but yes, I'm Natalie Coughlin. Um, I'm, I've, I've always been a nutritionist. I've been a nutritionist for um, oh, almost 15 years now. And um, as I started to encounter my own fertility issues when I was um, around 30, I wanted to explore how that it wasn't just the medical route that had to be the answer to infertility or other women's health that impacts their fertility. Um, And I did have IVF to have my my first child. And um, so I am a supporter of the process. Um, But it's, it's amazing to think that our diet and lifestyle can help that process to be even more successful. And that's what got me into looking at ways of improving my environment. That includes what I eat, that includes managing my hormones through not too much exercise or the right type of exercise to support a female body um, during a fertility journey. Um, And also um, my hormones in terms of the the foods that I eat that impact my hormones. So that's what got me on my journey into looking how the food that we eat can help improve fertility. And it also led for me having my second child naturally, because it was that process and that time period in between my first pregnancy and my second that I really focused in on what I could do and now I just have so much information and personal experience that I want to spread and um, inform other women going through this that you really can have that control back into your life Um, and I wanted 
feel like I was able to do something about it and not just have to rely on medical options that was really the only option given to me at that time. And I love what you said there about options and it's about empowering people, like you say, to take back control, isn't it? And and what we can influence to help our, our bodies when we're going through these processes. So thank you so much for sharing your experience. It's wonderful. And where should we start? Should we start on regaining, you know, control and how our diet and lifestyle yeah. affects this? Regaining control is really, I want women to feel that they can help themselves to do something about whether they've been labelled as infertile or they might not even have got to that point yet of seeking um, support or treatment as such. I just want women to know that it's your body. You can understand your body and there's, there's so much help and support out there to help you understand your body. And quite often, the, the, the first thing is just knowing when you ovulate. And, and that ultimately is the key um, to conceiving and um, looking for those signs each month. Um, and that can be difficult. It's not as easy as it seems because sometimes that can also throw up a lot of information as like, I might not be ovulating because again, uh, a high stressful environment internally externally can actually stop the ovulation process because the human body is actually very clever and it won't let you conceive if you are in a stressful environment and, and that can be something as indirect as just having a stressful job you know I, I'm certain that what led to my infertility at the time was a stressful job actually doing too much exercise which at the time was my stress release and I and that was my enjoyment but on my body it was too much it was too high intensity it was too frequent my hormones were all over the place in terms of mood swings and um, you know if you have been on a contraception for an, an, a long time you don't know the signs of your monthly cycle because it isn't it isn't regulated as such. It isn't your normal hormonal system regulating that cycle. It's fascinating what you're saying there about the exercise. And we think, you know, we're told to eat well, move more and we'll be healthy and a blanket approach, which is great. You know, we all know we need to do that. But it's about balance, isn't it? And what we're saying is sometimes if we're slightly out of balance, we're doing too much exercise or too little, or we've got too much stress and that whole mind body connection. And Often when I'm speaking to people who, like you say, have maybe been labelled infertile, they think that it's their body, that physically something isn't working. But what you've kind of brought to our awareness is it could actually be stress related. So it's that mind-body connection as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Everything in our life, in our environment, impacts the human body. We are governed by our hormones as, <laughs> you know, as much as we don't want to believe that in a way and that doesn't just mean mood you know we typically know when we are you know having good days and bad days and that's often physiologically impacted as well and it can feel again like that is out of our control but we can work on so many things to just balance that mood control that stress cleanse our environment and uh, have just a more balanced approach 
month on month that gives us those natural signs that we're looking for. Amazing. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But often, I think sometimes when we're diagnosed with something, we then start searching for answers and it can become like this rabbit hole that we go down and we overcomplicate things. And actually, when we just kind of take a breath and take a step back and, and, and go back to the basics, like you say, cleansing the environment, reducing stress, looking at nutrition and those hormones. And we can't see those hormones, can we? They're inside us. We can't see them. Often we might feel changes in our body, but then they're not, not, we can't see them, can we? You know, if someone loses weight or, you know, somebody's healing, you can see that, can't you? If they've got a cut and it's healing, whereas hormone changes, it's, it's, it's less visible. It is. And that's also why I really encourage um, cycle tracking every month, because even if you aren't ovulating at the moment, you might not know that. So it can either highlight that and then that's an, you know, another good sign that you can work towards rebalancing your ovulation. But it's, it's something tangible. It's something that you can see that can help you understand your body. So, you know, if you have typically long periods, you'll know that. But just seeing that each month and seeing how that fluctuates, and there will always be a natural fluctuation, but it's that overall pattern that's you, that's your pattern. And I think we're, we're so, um, we've been told for so long that a typical cycle is 28 days, you ovulate on day 14. There's margins in that that makes us individual. So we don't have to strive for that perfect looking cycle or those perfect lengths of uh, you know ovulation and each month it's, it's you and, and there's, there's some comfort in understanding your body and, and how your body works so you know I, I work with people to understand their cycle and, and using a tracker is one of those key ways to, to, you know, to bring that insight into you know the health of your monthly cycle. Amazing thank you for sharing and just picking up on what you said there about you know we're all kind of unique and whilst we've been told that an average cycle is 28 days, I think sometimes that can probably cause stress response in the body that there's something wrong with us. We must be broken if, if we're not kind of fitting into to that kind of mold. And actually, because we're all unique, we might kind of fluctuate and we might deviate from that 28 days. And that's what you work with your clients on, isn't it? To see what how their body responds and what their cycle is that's unique to them. Yeah. Absolutely. And instead of feeling like we're broken, like you say, we're not meeting that mold, we're not fitting that mold, you're you're creating your mold. You are your you are an individual. We're all individuals and 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 then not comparing as well. That's a yes. common theme that 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 goes through a, a lot of the sessions that um that I um, deliver because when it comes to medicine and alternative therapies and health and choice we are all different we can all enjoy doing very very similar things but you know the the control the understanding the you know the the positive outlook on our own bodies is just understanding who we are and as an, as an individual and being okay with that and and making those changes for for yourself you know that might not be something that your best friend needs to do because and that's okay you know you might have to switch up some of your exercise you, you might have to slow down a bit whereas your friend might be able to carry on hitting the gym five times a week but you, you know so we will always find what works and what you can still take enjoyment from so it, it's, it's certainly not 
restricting or taking anything away from you that we can't fill with something else that is what will be working for you and your fertile health at that time that's very beautifully put Natalie thank you and I think there's probably a lot of people out there now breathing a sigh of relief that oh this is okay you know I'm okay and this is perfectly natural and normal and stopping that comparison like you say you know it's embracing our uniqueness and learning what works for us I think you know there are some conditions associated with fertility and there's a spectrum of how much that will impact your fertility of of course and there will be couples and individuals that that won't conceive and and can't for, for whatever reason but you know for the vast majority the medical route doesn't have to be your first port of call and I think that's what what I certainly felt even though we've been trying for two years which tends to be the 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 typical qualification period if you like before being able to have treatment um through the NHS that you know there is use that time nobody really wants to have to have treatment you know Mm. but I think with fertility it's it has it has been overcomplicated in a way. You know, if, if, if you have been, if you've gone through the normal tests and they have come back, you know, normal and no obvious reasons why you can't conceive, then I just encourage people to consider the diet, lifestyle, environment, hormonal balance approach because it, it, it can be a real, real um, support and um, successful way before you have to consider medical treatment. I think we're singing from the same hymn sheet here because when I coach my clients as well, it's 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 just knowing that there's alternative options available that we can start with, which is looking at nutrition, like you say, looking at lifestyle, looking at you know our environment and the toxins that we're taking on board, and that might be the stress or that might be you know what products we're putting on our skin and. There's a lot of natural alternative solutions um, that we can we can try before we have to, you know, go down that kind of final route. And that's what I found really empowering on my journey was knowing that there, there was other things we could try first. And I think, you know, they say knowledge is power, isn't it? And what we don't know, we don't know. And, and it's wonderful that you're you're here today with us sharing, you know, some really, really tangible things that our listeners can try if they're going through that process right now because it's accessible to everybody you know we can all upregulate our nutrition we can all you know review our environment you know it's it's not spending lots and lots of money it's just about taking that step back and reviewing is i think what you're saying isn't it yeah it is and um i think we can get in a cycle of of food and a cycle of lifestyle that um has become the norm and actually the the norm of um you know a lot of low quality cheap food is really Im- impacting our health more than we than we even dare think about really because it makes it worrying <laughs> that you know that that normal that you know that the, the normal food that we are all being encouraged to eat is actually having a bigger impact than than we all realize and certainly for myself because I was doing a lot of exercise at that time I was very typically just refueling on 
any carbohydrate that I could get my hands on. You know, I was really hungry. And, and that's because that is naturally what exercise does to the body. It makes you hungry. So if you're then just refueling with a loads of high sugar foods or high, highly refined foods like breads, pastas, rice, um, it, it actually doesn't stop the hunger. You're hungry all the time. And I mm -hmm. couldn't get out of that cycle of being hungry. I wanted to carry on exercising. Um, and this is why we have to look at that balance and, and calm and, and bringing that back down. And I remember when I had my last appointment with one of the fertility nurses before we were going to start the treatment, because um, you have to start with a lot of um, you know, medication before you actually have the, the process of, of the treatment. And she said to me, well, you, you do know you will have to stop exercising. And no one, and you know, that was, um, I couldn't believe she was telling me that. And I've had that difficult conversation with clients, uh, you know, of, of myself that I've worked with and just the, the disbelief on, on your face. And I could, that was, that was my enjoyment. That was my outlet. But I knew that she was telling that to me because it would mean the treatment would have a higher chance of being successful. Um, and, and, and that's what I did. So, you know, it's not about stopping. I didn't stop altogether, but I found better, more calming options. And that was yoga, meditation, walking. You know, everyone can go for a walk. And, you know, like you say, things, this isn't about spending a fortune on high quality this, top this, you know, the latest um, trainers or sports gear. You know, it is just getting out there, doing what's best for the body and, striving for that calm that balance so you know you're giving yourself the best chance of conceiving amazing i'm picking up on three points there. i'm picking up on the nutrition the exercise and the balance and it's about bringing everything back into harmony back into balance so our body can do what it knows how to do best but we've got to be able to give it the space to be able to kind of do what we want it to do and if that's bringing it back into balance by reducing our exercise so our body calms and gets back into that kind of homeostasis then that's what we need to do and when you talk about exercise you know we're all told to move more aren't we but what does move more mean and to someone that could be just going for a walk like you say some you know somebody else they could be going to the gym five five times a week but it's about being unique to us isn't it and when you talk about nutrition and carbohydrates, I just remember the episode we did with Mike Collins and it was episode 83 and he talks about sugar addiction and it's that carb cycling, isn't it? We get on that addiction and, you know, we, we eat the carbohydrates, the bed, breads, the pasta, the rices, and then we have this, this hunger again where we just kind of are on this loop and what you're talking about here is what is deemed as normal in this modern day world and these fast foods that are so accessible now and everybody's so busy and we're reaching for them it is actually creating an addiction and if any of our listeners want to go back to episode 83 and listen to the to the one on Mike Collins I mean Natalie could talk about it in abundance as well but that's not why we're here today we're talking about fertility um, but nutrition is really really important to to bring back balance into our our lives yeah exactly and um the the direct link to, to fertile health with food is that for a woman in, woman in particular, our eggs, so we are born with all the eggs that we will ever have. So that is a fact, okay? Um, and of course you can have your egg reserve tested. Okay, so that might be something you want, you want to consider. But you know, regardless of that, the eggs that we do have are on a three month cycle of maturation. 
So every month, that um, egg that we ovulate has already taken three months to get to that point to, to ovulate. So those three months, and obviously that's happening constantly. So you know, that's happening all the time. So there is always an egg in that maturation process. And this is where our diet and lifestyle can directly impact our health. So we have that opportunity to create an internal environment to support the development of that egg that will hopefully be fertilized that month. And so what we want is that environment to be um, an anti-inflammatory type environment because it takes a lot of energy for that egg to be matured. So we want to make sure our energy producing cells and mitochondria that we all have in abundance in our bodies, in our cells, we want that process to be, um, a, a, you know, calm, but more, more, more technically an anti-inflamed environment. And the high carb lifestyle that we can find ourselves living in and um, highly processed oils, such as rapeseed oil and vegetable oil and sunflower oils. So those types of oils alongside a high sugar, high carbohydrate diet is causing inflammation in the body. So we have a lot of oxidative stress. We have a lot of, um, we don't have enough antioxidants in the body that help, help that process of oxidative stress stress, clear that um, oxidation out of the body. And we have a lot of high insulin in the body. So all of these elements that our food is um, creating in our bodies is is relating or you know, is, is directly impacting our fertile health. So I know I mentioned a lot of um, terms there and a lot of, you know, a lot of synergies to our diet and our actual fertile health. But that, that is it at the core is that we are finding ourselves with a lot of inflammation and a lot of oxidative stress and high insulin levels, which as a vicious cycle causes inflammation and causes oxidative stress. So you can see why we are finding ourselves in a suboptimal level of health and in some people fertility is where that symptom is expressing itself totally fascinating what you say there and the fact that we're born with all of our eggs when we're born it's it's such a like kind of mind-blowing fact isn't it and it's fascinating and i just think the power of this is that we can actually control like you say the maturation part of our eggs being released through nutrition and that's going to have an impact as to how that egg reaches maturity i mean how how amazing is that that we can take back control of how that egg matures and i did i didn't know why well, i mean obviously i know the impact of nutrition but obviously i never really taken a step back because i haven't got children and i'm not even tried to have children yet so i hadn't even kind of gone down that that thought path of how the eggs mature and the direct impact of our nutrition on that that's just so fascinating yeah and when you said knowledge is power you know you know that now and um your listeners know that now and it's it's just wonderful to sort of understand that link between what we choose to eat and the health of our bodies and we all know you know we do know that but just in this fertility space you can feel helpless and, and hopeless and, and you really can and, and I, I was there and so I can really feel for individuals that are at that point but just knowing that there is plenty we can do about it and 
giving yourself the best shot, feeling in control, giving yourself the best, you know, opportunity for me was was what got me through uh, that time in my life because I thought, right, okay, I can I can do something about that now. I'm not relying on it any, anybody else or um, the medication to to make that happen. I, I knew that there was lots of things like I could try, and sometimes it's just one thing that helps. You know, sometimes it might just be the exercise balance, the, the calming against the more intense exercise. It might be the um, looking at your environment and some examples really on that. I know you mentioned about the products that we use on our bodies and, you know, there is that direct link to disrupting our hormones and the products that we use on our bodies in skincare, hair care, cleaning products is, is quite a big area of chemical load toxic load swapping a plastic water bottle to either a pba3 option or a glass um or you know a stainless steel option all of those tiny tiny little changes we can make in our life that is is reducing that toxic load um and helping clear that waste and so your bodies are less inflamed and it's able to do the job completely subconsciously that you know, that's the side of our bodies we don't have any control over, you know, the processes that, that happen automatically, but we are just nourishing it and, and feeding that process to help it work to the best of its ability. It's, yeah, it's so empowering, isn't it? Everything you're saying, like, I'm just kind of nodding here. I mean, our listeners can't see us, but it's just, it's music to my ears. I was actually training some GPs at the weekend on mental resilience, and we were talking about toxic load. And it's quite fascinating, really, because, you know, toxic load, we don't, often think about um, when we think about health and well-being that the first things are nutrition aren't they so what we eat and how much we move the exercise but actually what we're talking about is toxic load and this was something I raised with the GPs is that you know there's different ways we can onboard those toxins we can ingest them we can absorb them through our skin we can inhale them so it's just well, cleaning products as we're cleaning the house, can't we? You know, the, the skincare that we're yeah. putting on our bodies that's going in or actually the food that we're eating, if they've been kind of highly processed and got all those chemicals in them, our body has that extra toxic load. What we're looking at doing is getting that back to balance. Absolutely. And there's some really, really quick and easy ways to to help that. So obviously the switching out the plastics is, is a big one. Not using cling film, never putting any plastics in the microwave if you're reheating. Haven't really got a problem with using a microwave, but it's what we're using in the microwave as in all the plastics. So again, going back to glass, there's lots of um, cling film and aluminium foil alternatives now. So you can re remove those metals out of, out of your environment. Um, but coming back to diet and how that can help remove the, the, the toxic load is getting those vegetables into your into your diet. Vegetables are where we find our antioxidants and it's the antioxidant properties of vegetables and some fruits, some high antioxidant berries such, um, sorry, antioxidants such as berries um, is where we get those magical particles of antioxidants that help clear out that oxidative stress. So that's another big way you can compensate or help clear out your toxic load. Um, and there's also vitamins. So certain vitamins that can be taken as a high strength, they aren't expensive, um, that can really help boost that process 
whilst you're working on, um, you know, replacing maybe some of the other products in your in your life. So, for example, a high strength vitamin C is a fantastic, fantastic um, antioxidant type vitamin. And you can take one gram of vitamin C three times a day um, and that can really help boost that process. It, it, it helps your immune system as well um, and it can just help to support that um, antioxidant property. Um, you know, sort of pathway in, in, in your lifestyle. Natalie, this is wonderful. And what we're saying to our listeners is that it's not about feeling overwhelmed by making all these changes in one go. It's about mindfully kind of now taking a step back and thinking, oh, I wasn't, you know, quite aware of my toxic load. What can I do to, to help that and go on this journey? And as we're substituting those products out, we're also looking at supporting that with the antioxidant foods, like you mentioned, the berries, and then also, you know, a really good quality vitamin C supplement. And just picking up on the supplements there, um, what, what advice would you give to our listeners in terms of sourcing those supplements? Because there's a lot of supplements out there, aren't there, that are maybe synthetically made, and it's making sure that we're getting them, you know, in, in the right form that they're bioavailable and they're actually doing what they need to do rather than, you know, having a, an adverse effect. Yeah, exactly. And I would always just look for a, a reputable, I would favour a UK based company. Um, but, you know, the good companies out there will show their mark of authenticity, have a really scrutinize the ingredients. And quite often they will say sourced from, if it's, if it's a vegetarian option, they will show the, the, the food source that it comes from. Um, vitamin D, for example, I've seen has been sourced very ethically and sustainably from lanolin. So vitamin D used to come from um, the, the, that, that um, molecule in sheep's wool. That's you know, vitamin D. Um, it can also come from sea kelp. Um, so a lot of sea-based properties. So, you know, look for the their mark of quality. And I think then, you know, you can you can be sure you're onto a, a good, clean and um, good quality supplement. And also, I guess, looking at the price tag, because if it's cheap, then it perhaps isn't going to be doing what we need it to do. I mean, lots of my clients gasp when I say, here's a supplement. They go, how much? Yeah. Because they've been used to being, you know, getting it for, from a an online shop or from from a local store that perhaps is, is just a cheaper alternative and that's where it comes into the realms of perhaps not you know ethically sourced and, and maybe not as you know pure in its purest form as we can get and another really good example of, of around that within the fertility area is folic acid mm -hmm. so it's very widely known that folic acid is a really important supplement for mothers to take leading up to pregnancy during their pregnancy for the health of the baby and this is probably a discussion also for another day but folic acid is is harder to actually use in the body the body has to convert folic acid into something called methylfolate so methylfolate is the form that the body can use really easily and really um powerfully if you like in that form it's always harder for the body to use that but folic acid is very cheap to buy However, now that we know more and more about this conversion process and actually methylfolate is worth buying and it is more expensive, but you will, you will see the benefits of taking that rather than the folic acid. And even though it is, is a lot more expensive than a supermarket 
for example, supplement of folate or folic acid, the, the benefits just outweigh that, not only for the, you know, the baby when you are pregnant, in the process of conception, methylfolate, folic acid, is one of the um, vitamins that often individuals are already depleted in and deficient in. And yes, we would supplement that and we would like to boost that because we're talking about fertility, the fertile health here. Um, but you can also get um, a lot of methylfolate in dark green vegetables, leafy vegetables. So all of your kale, courgettes, broccoli, the cruciferous vegetables, um, different types of leaves, anything green and dark and leafy that's got all that nourishment. You can just tell by looking at the colour of it that it's going to have so much nutrition in there for you. That that's a, a really a, like you know a number one dietary swap. You know to bring in all that green vegetables into into your diet for for fertility, fertile health as, as well as you know around conception and, and then pregnancy as well another great top tip you're coming out with loads today it's just wonderful i'm <laughs> sure our listeners are getting loads and loads of nuggets from from our talk today so thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge you mentioned um or we mentioned earlier about the partner sperm because we're talking a lot about women's health and 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 you know the women's eggs how does this impact on, on the partner's sperm as well? Because often when people go for um, treatment, it, it, it's as a couple, isn't it, to ch check both, you know, are, are fertile? Yeah, absolutely. And if you were to have medical treatment, the partner sperm is also um, analysed before you progress with any treatment anyway. So a, a lot of this advice, a lot of these dietary and lifestyle changes do directly apply to, to the male as well and actually it's quite supportive for the female to know if you can both go down this through this process together and make these dietary and lifestyle and environmental changes you know you're you're not only improving each other's health overall and environment you're actually working on um you know the fertile health of, of both partners and quite often i i do work with couples as well um it, it is just as important and we are finding now that um, sperm quantity and quality is actually declining. So where we've heard for quite a long time that egg health is an egg um, quantity declines, we are noticing that that is happening to, to males as well. And the, the, the same advice that I've given for a female can directly impact that as well for, for the male and improve that sperm quality and motility and um, quantity and quality as well. So there are a lot of supplements that both partners can take. Um, the, the toxic load, reducing that, replacing um, better quality um, or you know not using the plastics if for, the, for the male helps as well. The exercise, it doesn't seem to be as much as a, have much of an impact, um, but certainly just doing some exercise will help general overall health. So going on walks together, doing a yoga class together or some meditation at the morning or end of the day together will just really help the both partners. That's fascinating. Thank you for sharing. It's And that movement, the yoga and going for a walk it's quite stress releasing as well isn't it? it doesn't have to be high intensity so you're not only getting your movement but you're also getting that stress reduction as well as a couple and having some downtime yeah and then we are in a good place to sleep so if we're yeah. doing that type of exercise or, or mindfulness in the evening then we're already starting our wind down 
to get good quality sleep. And that's the other area of health that directly impacts our hormones, directly impacts our fertile health, directly impacts our blood sugar levels. So if we're waking up stressed because Mm -hmm. we haven't had good quality or enough sleep, then we're reaching for the coffee. We're overstimulating ourselves with caffeine. We're relying on caffeine all day. We want quick, highly palatable, sugary foods to bring us up, to perk us up, to get us through that day. And, you know, and if you think, okay, that's me, you're describing me, I'm in that process of can't sleep, then I'm overtired for the day, then I'm overstimulated for the day, then I can't wind down for the night. It's another pattern of, um, you know, lifestyle and and dietary behaviours that um, once you're aware of it, you know, there is so much... To, to work on and to do and to just bring that balance back into your life, bring that calm back. And starting with yoga, Pilates, meditation, Tai Chi, a, a, a nice walk in the evenings. It's it's the start of the wind down for that evening. You know, forget the day, that can start again tomorrow. But getting that good quality sleep is going to do you the, the world of good for general health but also fertile health as well for all the hormone implications that it can have if we just don't sleep enough or, or have interrupted sleep. Wow, such a wealth of knowledge you are, Natalie. It's it's amazing that you're sharing all these insights and what you're saying to our listeners, if, if you feel like this is me, that that's okay. If you're on this this kind of, this circuit of, you know, waking up in the morning, feeling tired and then being overstimulated, you know, later in the day because we maybe had a caffeine hit or a sugar hit and We can't then wind down. For anybody who then wants to start making any of the changes that we've talked about today, obviously they can can contact you to make sure they're doing it in a safe way. If they want to start making changes, are there any signs that they should look out for? So if they start substituting those high carbohydrate foods for the cruciferous vegetables, if they've been on that kind of cycle for a long time, obviously they might have some come down effects. Should we just talk about those just to kind of give some people some extra knowledge and power to know what, what's going on with their bodies as they start to make changes? Yeah, so, you know, we're all different, but you, you might find that you get headaches, for example. You might find that you are really hungry whilst the body is trying to deal with being fueled purely by sugar whether that's in a in a, a savory carbohydrate form if you know what i mean that the body takes time to remove the excess sugar get used to not having all that energy or that sugar pumped into the body um, throughout the day so keeping hydrated is a really big tip you know keeping water with you throughout the day sipping on that can can really help uh, and that's good to do anyway you know that's that's really good for skin and hormone health and and everything like that if you're going to start removing and reducing a lot of the refined sugars and carbohydrates in your diet we are replacing them with good good um, vegetables and good protein and good fats so you you aren't restrictive in what you can have to eat we're just shifting our focus on how much we have on that plate so instead of having a whole bowl of pasta for example you might want to start really reducing that quantity of pasta down as a serving as maybe a quarter of your plate then you want to fill out your plate with any vegetables that you enjoy really and we're talking about those that aren't too starchy so potatoes that comes within the bread the rice the pasta so we're looking at 
broccoli and cauliflower and, and courgettes and some carrots some frozen peas aubergine mushrooms peppers there's so much choice out there red onions have a really beneficial antioxidant in them that you can have those raw you can have them cooked just looking at that color that variety on your plate that's going to start making up the majority of your plate and then we want to look at where we're getting our protein and our good quality fats from. And that can be any sort of red meat, the oily fish, looking at cheeses that, that works for you. Tofu, if you are vegetarian, there are good quality protein sources that you can have in your diet. And then quite often with the oily fish and the red meat and maybe chicken thighs that has a lot of flavor and nutrition, that's where we're getting our um, healthy fats from as well. That the salmon, for example, really high levels of good quality fats, omega-3s you're getting in there as well. And actually, omega-3s are one of the supplements that I highly recommend for our anti-inflammatory properties as well. It's really hard to get enough of that from the diet. You know, it really is. So, you know, that would be another top tip supplement to have a look into getting a high quality, high potency omega-3 as well. That's a really important point there because our Western diet is very high in omega-6s, isn't it? And that's where it knocks everything out of balance. So the omega-3s are really important to take on board. And if we can't get those as much as those through nutrition, then it's about supplementing with those. And it actually comes back to mental well-being as well. You know, the omega-3s have, there's some published medical journals out there to show how it helps with depression. So it's also interlinked, isn't it? That whole mind-body connection that we started out talking about and stress and nutrition it's it's just yeah I think it's wonderful how our body is so clever that it just links it all up and just often without education and knowledge we don't know what's going on inside yeah and life is busy life is busy we're all we're all working you know <laughs> kids animals you know we're, we're all busy and you know that's why we're here to you know we, we we've got the knowledge we want to get it out there and then you know it is just changing those behaviors ever so slightly um, and just doing the best for yourself really you know it's out there it's possible um, we've got a lot of information and um, products and natural food at our fingertips that we just need pointing in the right direction and then we're off and you know at the end of the day this is all to help people have a child because sometimes it can really feel like it won't happen and mm -hmm. you know that's that's where I was and I want people to believe it can and will happen and these are the things that can make that difference if you haven't already thought about looking at your diet and lifestyle and your environment that's wonderful i think the biggest thing that i'm taking away from this podcast is that we have as females this pot of eggs that we're born with and actually we get to nurture those it's not that we're at the mercy of you know medical intervention if we are you know, labelled as infertile, there are things that we can do to nurture our eggs through their maturation process, like you're saying. And that was kind of a really big takeaway for me today is that we can take back that control. And that's what we're talking about, isn't it, here is about empowering individuals to take back control of not only just their health, but the health of, of their eggs and their future kind of offspring. Yeah, lovely. That's really summarised it, lovely, Lisa. <laughs> and I just have this wonderful image of, you know, when we plant flowers in the garden, if we nurture them and water them, they're going to grow, aren't they, if we put them in a nice environment, whereas if we forget to water them and they're over exposed to sun and toxins and sprayed with chemicals, they're probably going to wilt, aren't they? And actually, they're not going to be as healthy and I've just got that wonderful analogy in my head and that's that's kind of like the egg that's what we're doing with our eggs isn't it 
yeah and and we we can do that it's our body you know we've got all of that at our fingertips to to really nourish it's nourishing us nourishing us as mothers as individuals as um you know just our own health no one's going to do that for us and i think the power in knowing that we are the ones that should understand our bodies and can make such a difference to our fertile health i found that really empowering and that's what helped me on my journey and i just want to hopefully spread that word and support people to get to that point and to to follow that message Natalie, you, you've totally spreading the word today and your knowledge is hugely vast and I can't thank you enough for just showing up today. You're such a beautiful soul and you've shared so much with our listeners today and I just want to thank you on behalf of me and my listeners. I've learned loads today and I'm a qualified nutritionist too, but I, it's fertility isn't an area that I'm an expert in and that's what's wonderful about having you on the show today. So thank you very much. The main takeaway is that find that control, strive for that control of understanding your body and, and you know, you, you will get there and you can find that balance, that joy in the process where I know there are some hard times, um, but find that inner belief and, and go out there and, you know, and you can make it happen. Amazing. Wow. I've got goosebumps. That's, that's such a powerful statement. Um, giving our listeners permission to take back, back control and go out there and make it happen. I think that's just, it, it gives them choice. It gives them options and it gives them hope. Yeah, it really does. Totally wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Natalie. Um, I just want to say to our listeners before we go, if, if you've got any feedback on this podcast or anything's resonated with you, you can go to alternativehealthtools.com and go to this episode and you can leave us a voice note. There's a wonderful little microphone you can click on, a blue microphone. We'd love to hear from you. And Natalie, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, I'm just going to signpost them to your website. Um, all the other um, places they can find you, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, will be in the show notes. But if you want to get in contact with Natalie, either go to the show notes or you can go to nataliecoglan.com and that's Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E-C-O-G-H-L-A-N.com and you can connect with Natalie direct. I just want to thank you once again on behalf of our listeners and thank you for just being you today it's you're just such an amazing person and i know you help so many people already it's such a wonderful thing that you do thank you so much it's wonderful yeah thank you for having me so i'm lisa victoria i'm your co-host from across the pond what a wonderful episode we've experienced today until next time i wish you all well